Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White. And what are we doing this time? Well, this is what we're going to call a bonus episode. For those of you who don't know, I've started a new podcast called Which is More Gooder? Where I take two things and usually have a guest and we compare them and we talk about them. And then at the end of the podcast, we both give our votes on which is more gooder. The podcast, it's been out for a while, hasn't picked up a lot of steam, so I thought I would promote it here on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast, and I picked one that has to do with Dan Aykroyd, sort of. The two movies that we reviewed in this podcast have a lot of Dan Aykroyd co-stars in it. I'm picking Three Amigos versus Coming to America. Three Amigos, of course, has uh, Chevy Chase and Steve Martin. Dan Aykroyd has starred in movies with both of them. And Coming to America has Eddie Murphy, which he starred with Trading Places, one of Eddie Murphy's first movies. So uh, what I want you to do is listen to the podcast here. If you enjoy it, find Which is More Gooder on any place where you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, go back, listen to the other episodes, and help me gain an audience that is just as big and just as popular as this one, the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I appreciate everyone's support, and I'm just going to pass it over and listen to Which is More Gooder, and I'll see everybody here next time. All right. Which is more gooder? Which is more gooder? Which is more gooder? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Witches More Gooder podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Steph DeWagoner. Hi. Once again, but I don't think I've done this podcast. No. Yes, you have. Have I done this one before? Foul play uh, and... Uh, that's right. Wow. And your fucking you ice maker see, just goes start, off. You want to start again? No, we're going to keep all this in. <laughs> we're going to keep in the goddamn ice maker. <laughs> so, and the dog's fighting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is there maybe some constructional start while we're doing <laughs> maybe, this? Maybe the long guy will show Yeah. Up. Maybe the long guy will show Yes, up. you did. I forgot. Foul play and seems like old time. So if, uh, That's right. So go back and check that one out. I forgot. But this one, the two movies we're doing are John Landis directed movies, Three Amigos from 1986 and Coming to America, 1988. So I was racking my brain trying to figure out why you had put these together because I had completely forgotten that John Landis had directed Three Amigos. Uh-huh. I was like, why is he putting... It's like, this is not the pairing I would do. <laughs> and then I realized why when I saw that it was John Landis. I've not seen Three Amigos in a long time. Coming to America is one of my favorites, though, so this will be interesting. It was opposite for me. I, I had not seen Coming to America in a long time. And I recently watched that so we're going to start with Three Amigos. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it came out in 1986. That makes sense. The budget was $25 million, made about $40 million. It has 6.5 on IMDb and 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short as the Three Amigos. We've talked about Chevy Chase a lot on some of your different podcasts. But, yes. And um, I, so I saw this in the movie theaters. So did I. And I honestly, I probably have seen it a couple times since then, but I, but it, like I say, it's been a while. I actually remember this movie being funnier. I did not, I, this last, when I watched it in preparation for this, 
I was sort of like, oh, I remember this movie being funnier. Why is this not as funny to me anymore? I, f- I found it really heavy-handed with the... Uh, I felt like the acting was really heavy-handed for some reason. And I, and I don't know if they were going for a style... You know, I know obviously when they were in the style of the Three Amigos, like in the style of the movie, the silent movie Cowboys, that's very overactory. But I just, I don't know. So all to just in general, I sort of was kind of like kind of disappointed or let down a little bit that I didn't remember that movie. Being I really like this movie. I really enjoy the Three Amigos. So uh, one thing about it was whenever you have like three A-list celebrities. Basically all sharing the screen. I read a lot of reviews where they said that Steve Martin and Martin Short worked really well. And they didn't mention Chevy Chase a lot. But I thought I thought Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short all did a great job as co-leads in this movie. I don't think one outshined another very much. I do think it was very even-handed. I think Martin Short had probably the most well-rounded character of anybody in this movie. I also, it's surprising that you see Chevy Chase sort of take a like he's sort of the dumber person i was what you i was just about to say that he they're not all three of them are sort of like the three stooges right all three of them are dumb but like curly's dumb dumb (laughs) um that's how it was Moe's the lead Moe's the leader leader. (laughs) yeah and that's how it was and i was just about to say that you that's one of one of the points i was going to bring up is that Chevy Chase usually plays the smartass in the movies that he stars in, but yes, he plays the dumber one. He shows kind of great restraint, I feel like, in this movie, where he isn't his normal... And he calls... And Dusty Bottoms. Dusty Bottoms. And they make fun of him. Well, they don't make fun of him, but they point things out. And yes, I thought he did a good job sort of playing against type. Yeah, I... I... It's interesting to me because knowing kind of more of what we know now about kind of Chevy Chase and people working with him and that he can be difficult to work with and stuff, it made me wonder, but I didn't really see anything or hear anything about that. I haven't either, and I think it might be because he considers Steve Martin and Martin Short equals, peers, equals, and as well as John Landis. Uh, Lorne Michael wrote this movie, co-wrote this movie. So that's interesting too, right? It's Steve Martin, Lauren Michaels, and Randy, Randy Newman, Newman, which is interesting. And I know he's a big Randy Newman fan, Chevy Chase. Right. So, so I think he he was just surrounded by people who he thought was equal to his talent, because I haven't heard any bad things about this movie either, uh, behind the scenes. It's interesting, because there there's things on IMDb about how... Th- this movie seemed like it was in pre-production for a long time, like five or six years. And it looks like it went through a lot of iterations in the studio, where at yeah. one point it was Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Robin, Belu- Wo- and Robin, Robin Williams, Williams. yeah, And there was a John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Chevy, maybe, version... And he had, there was something in there that had had Martin Short not done it. He was going to ask Rick Moranis, which I could totally see. Yeah. Um, well, Belushi died in 82. Right. So that means that this movie must have been kicking around a long they were, time. They were referencing the... a Rolling Stone article, I think, where they were talking about movie making The Three Caballeros, yeah. and, which references the Disney cartoon. Right. Yeah. Um, so I will agree with that. They... Play well together. It's very even. It's nobody's. You don't feel like anybody's like hamming it up over the other. No, two. nobody. Yeah, nobody outshines anybody in this movie. And the guy who plays, I think the guy who plays El Wapo. 
Yes. He sort of steals the show. He's sort of the scene stealer in this one. He was a pretty popular character actor back around that time, playing kind of these slightly unhinged bad guys, and I uh, can't think of his name off the top of my head, no. but... Um, yeah, I think that good casting. There, every Latino, <laughs> Latin American character actor of the day is... They didn't brown face it. No. 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 They have authentic Hispanic... Uh, but every like Latino character actor you can think of is in this movie. The, there's not really any big female lead... No. ...co-stars. Um, the one that summons the three amigos, who is kidnapped by El Wapo, who they have to... Yeah. Rescue. Uh, but no, there is no meaty female character in this movie. This, I like the scene, the whole room full of Saturday Night Live, when it was uh, Joe Montaigne, Montaigne? Joe Montaigne. Joe Montaigne, John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, Chevy, Steve, and Martin Short all yeah. in the room together. And I think John Lovitz, and that was, wasn't that current to John Lovitz and Phil Hartman? They were, both on, on they were both on SNL at, at the time. At that time. Yes. Yeah. I thought we were quite good in it. Good? We were cray. Why don't you tell the boys about the Code Chiefs picture, Morty? Sandy and Irving are working on it right now. You meet Code Chiefs. At first, you think he's a terrible guy. You fight. Then, you get to know him. You come to respect each other. And at the end of the picture, you're friends. We send you boys to Baja, and we shoot the picture in eight days. What do you think? That'll be the day. What did he say? He said, that'll be the day, Mr. Flugelman. What? I don't think you understand who you're talking to here. We have a few items we want to straighten out first, or you might be looking at three actors who really don't feel like making a Geronimo picture. What the hell are you talking about? Lucky, I think maybe we should... What we're talking about is money. Real money. Amigo money. No dough, no show. Boys! Boys! Let me just say one thing. It'll be a cold day in hell when Harry Flugelman lets an actor tell him what to do! Do you know what the word nada means? In all those Mexican movies you made, did you ever hear that word? Isn't that a light chicken gravy that you just... It means nothing. Zero. Zip. It's what you're gonna have when I'm through with you. You hit Harry Flugelman on a bad day. I'd like to continue to work for free, Mr. Flugelman. <laughs> Are you living in the studio mansion? Yeah. Well, not anymore, you're not. Sam! The Amigos are out of the mansion. Where did you get those clothes? From a movie? Yeah. The studio gave them to us. Those darn amigos. Well, we're taking them back. Sam! Get wardrobe over here right away. Take the amigos' clothes. Wait a minute. You can't take our clothes. You gave us these clothes. They were presents. Come on, wait a minute. But lucky... Oh, wait a second. I think you misread who you're talking to here. Misread? I want these schmucks off of my lap. Your asses have just been streamlined. The three amigos are history. Yeah, nice to see them in there. It made me laugh because I was thinking about you and I on 
the Dan Aykroyd podcast recently did Into the Night, which is a John Landis movie. We recently yep. talked about that, and there was a lot of cameos and things like that movie. This movie doesn't have as many just oddball cameos. No, I don't think some... this movie is... It's not made for those right. Right. cameos. They're... Um... Do you think, knowing that John Landis, you know, is sort of a, has an appreciation for old movies, old films, do you think of this as being more of an homage yes. to, like, the silent films, or do you think this is more of a parody of, like, The Magnificent Seven? I think it's more of an, an homage to silent films and the Cisco Kid, the old serials. Like the serials yes. and stuff? Yeah. It's funny because if you watch the trailer, because I, I watched this on Prime, you can watch it on Prime, it's available. Mm-hmm. And you can, of course, watch, you know, when you get Prime, you get the trailer and stuff. When you watch the trailer, they do a good job of the trailer. Like, if you'd gone to the movies and saw this, you wouldn't know for the first 60 seconds that this was a comedy. You would totally think you were watching, like, a Spaghetti Western mm-hmm. trailer. Because it's all action. The church is blowing up yeah. and the cowboys and they're shooting. And it's not until... They, there's a, you ever notice movies where there's a scene in the trailer that's never in the movie? Yeah, but that somehow happens a it's lot. in the trailer because it helps <laughs> gel things. So there's a scene like that in the trailer where, who, we need someone to help us. And then the da da da, they real, real reveal Chevy Chase, Steve Martin. Mm. So, yeah, for a minute, you think this is some action movie, some Western, you know? But, uh, yeah, I, you could definitely see his knowledge or love for old movies in this that comes up. They have fun with that. I kind of wish there would have been more silent movie scenes. I would have liked to see more like of the Three Amigos, like clips from their movies almost. They could have said, "Remember," because they, they would remember what we did in Amigos, Amigos, Amigos. It was like maybe it would have been funny to see a flashback. Yes, of and that. then we could see a flashback of them of the. Actual black and white movie. Because it would be funny to see how they applied it in the movie and then had to apply it in real life. Right, and then they could see how it would mess up. They're, they're basically trying to do things they did in a movie to fix a real so, life situation. So, if you haven't seen Three Amigos, what happens is... Oh yeah, I guess we should tell everyone. Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short are these movie actors called The Three Amigos. And they they get fired. So, so it's simultaneously. So, okay. There's a town in Mexico being being uh, threatened by this guy called El Wapo. Yeah, it's, El, like, it's El Guapo. like World War One era. Yeah. It's World War One, so I guess we should say that. Yes. And this village is being terrorized by these uh, banditos. Yeah. And one of a, a woman from the village goes into town and they sees a Three Amigos picture. And they think that they are real. They think this is real. Those They're real... Crime fighters, they're real heroes. So she sends a wire to to them to come and vanquish El Guapo. While that's happening, they get fired from their Hollywood jobs. And the moment they get fired, this telegram ar- arrives. So they realize, okay, we'll go here and get paid. They misread the telegram. They misread the telegram. Well, it's a couple of... It's a mishap. They When they send the telegram... They only have a certain amount of money, so they edit it down. And going back, when they read it, they're stupid, so they think infamous means infamous. That he's more than famous, he's infamous. So they're like, oh, you know, they want us to put on a show. They grab their costumes, they head to Mexico. And when she, and when she says, stop, and when we need your help to stop El Guapo, 
they read it as a telegram and stop that that like the punctuation yes. in a telegram. So they misread what they're. They think they're supposed to go do a show for some infamous his Mexican uh, leader named El Guapo. Yeah, this El Guapo guy must be very important. He wants yeah. this, he wants a show. So they head to Mexico, <laughs> and also so El Guapo is buying guns from the Germans. So all this is so there's a bit of intrigue going on. So the, the Amigos are heading to Mexico. The Banditos are buying guns for the Germans. So, so we have the three Amigos. We have the... This German biplane yes. pilot and a couple of shifty German uh, criminals. And uh, they're, they're all out on this out in Old Tucson. I'm sure it's got to be Old Tucson. They're, yeah. in, they're in some old movie, Mexican town movie lot in Old Tucson. So when they get there, they, they intermix with the, everybody in the village. And then... A couple of banditos come. I mentioned the Three Stooges before. And when we watched Into the Night, there was references to Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges. There's many scenes in this movie where all three of them are sleeping in the same bed. Yes. All of the Three Stooges. <laughs> right. And I thought that was... I think that is homage to, to yes. the Three Stooges. Right. Because it's, it's like, what are you going to do with the money? I'm going to buy a car. What are you going to do? I'm going to make a trip around the world. What are you going to do? I'm going to donate it to... I'm going to start an orphanage. Yes. Or, yeah. Oh, well, me too. Yeah. It's a... The chemistry between the three are good. Yes. And when you think... Because it's like you think of, you know, Chevy Chase and Steve Martin. You think of them as... They were movie stars at the time. I really don't... It's like... I know Martin Short has made movies, but there's never, there's not like, you know, Caddyshack or The Jerk. Steve Martin and Chevy Chase have like these signature right. movies. Right. And I don't... I don't. Martin Short doesn't really have one of those. Now I, he's brilliantly funny, and I loved him on SCTV and and all the stuff he's done. But he, he doesn't have like a signature, a signature movie. That, yeah, I mean, I would think Frank in Father of the Bride. Yeah, but that's not really his movie. That's Steve Martin's movie. Right, right, and then Inner Space. In, yeah, I well, I mean, that was that was a good movie. But when you think of Martin Short, you're not going to think of Inner Space. About Captain Ron. Captain Ron. <laughs> See, that's when I start I'm... my Kurt Russell podcast, we'll have to we'll have to talk about Captain Captain Ron. Ron. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. But you're right. I mean, especially up until then, like Interspace hadn't come out yet, so he really had done. He'd come off as of SNL, SCTV, SCTV, and SNL because all three of them hosted SNL when this came out. I will agree with you on that. I will not <laughs> disagree with you on that. I think that's probably correct. It, it is correct. <laughs> A couple of banditos ride in and they do this, they do their show, and it scares them. It doesn't scare them away, but they're like, we better tell El Guapo this. Yeah, they're like, they don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. They, they're these flashy dressed guys. They're doing a little song and dance. Yeah. They... Oh, yeah. So we meet, so they go into, so the Germans, a German goes into a bar and the all, it's all these banditos in there and German shoots one of them. He's like, I'm going to have some friends coming in. You better be nice to them. And then the three amigos come in. Right. And they think, so they're, you know, they're singing and dancing My Little Buttercup. and That's that's a scene in particular, by the <coughs> way, where I feel like Chevy Chase, that's what I said, he showed great restraint. He's overplaying the He's piano overplaying in the corner. The... He's not even in the number singing no. and dancing. You know, the... <laughs> that's when they drink the tequila, though. Yes. That is probably, to me, the funniest 
thing in that movie mm-hmm. is when they drink the tequila, they all have that yeah. like literal knee-jerk reaction. They all have a knee-jerk reaction. At, it's perfect timing. It's perfect timing. It's perfect timing. It, to get, I don't know how many time, how many takes they had to get, but it's perfect timing. It Like a cartoon, they all take a drink, they take a second, and they all... Bah! Yeah. And they all strike a pose, Very and it's funny. all in perfect timing. They need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the locals have no idea what to think of these guys. Uh, the... Banditos are a little confused. Yeah. They leave, and then the actual Germans who he was warning them, the two kind of Germans in their bow ties and hats, yeah. but they're supposed to be like these German, you know, tough guys or whatever, come in, mm. and they kind of, I don't know, to break the tension with, they're like, look at these sissy boys. Yeah. And, <laughs> Little do they know that those guys don't waste any time. No, they, they just start yeah. firing, shooting at people. So, so El El Guapo shows up, and they realize that it's not it's for real. And I thought that was a nice scene where Steve Martin gets shot, and he doesn't give me that gun. They're using real bullets, and then they kind of dawns on him. Then wait a minute, it dawns on him, and he walks back, and it's real. And this the face the face that Chevy Chase and Martin Short make when they're like they're just about to because eh. <laughs> part of that they're running around they're they're doing all their three amigo stuff and yes at it's first like he's sort of entertained by it like what is going on yeah. here but yeah then El Guapo takes care of all and that. then El Guapo kidnaps the woman yes. now here's my other issue with this movie there's not enough established. Between there's a couple of knowing kind of flirty looks between she and Steve Martin, uh, and then between one of the girls playing her sister and Chevy Chase, there's a like you know do you want right. to kiss me? But there's not ever uh, to me I don't think there's enough invested in it where Steve Martin would be like we have to save her, you know there just isn't not there's no real romance. There is no <clears throat> there is no real real romance, and I think. I don't think uh, my uh, my opinion is I don't think they rescue her because of love. I think they rescue them just for because they think that's what they're supposed to do. It's they're the that, three amigos. Maybe they're, it's their their <laughs> conscience, or maybe they, they they don't want to look like fools. I don't think it has. I think the romance might have something. Well, they basically say we don't have anything to go back to. We yeah. might as well do this. And I think they still do. They still think there's money on the line at that point. Or do they kind of realize... No, they take their money. money. They take their money at first, and they eventually give it back at the end of the movie. Like they do in their movies when they're the Three Amigos. That's always this big of, no, 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 the we don't need money. Um, It's just... I know... I I read something saying that John Landis was disappointed because the studio really intervened and edited the crud out of this movie. And so he was not 100% happy with even the final cut because they just edited a lot of stuff. And so it makes me wonder if there was a little bit more character development in a couple of spots. Because you're just, you don't get any deep character development in anybody else. It, not even these three, really. No. The most you ever find out is that Martin Short's character, Ned Niedermeyer, was a child star. He was a little Nettie and had a series of little Nettie movies. Right. And so the head German was, he learned how to quick draw from Martin Short. Yeah, he was a fan of Little Ned movies. Yeah. Well, so what, We're jumping around. Yeah. So the three amigos go to rescue her. We all know that John Landis loves music. And there's just like a litter, what was it, blue, uh, purple? They do a little campfire song. Yes. The little animals. Yes, the animals <laughs> singing. And once they get to El Guapo's camp, this is... <laughs> 
this was the line that me and my friends would quote. It's El Guapo's birthday. El Guapo is uh, one of his 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 sidekick. It's like uh, you have a, a bunch of pinatas. Would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? <laughs> oh, definitely. You have a plethora of pinatas. What does plethora mean? And then he goes, he explains. Don't you? Uh, I shouldn't really do it in that <laughs> do the accent, but he goes. Don't you think? That you're taking it out on me because the woman that you kidnapped doesn't want to have sex with you. So. <laughs> but that's when I was growing up, it was always a plethora of pinatas. Many presents have been coming for your birthday. German has the only presents I want. Guns! Guns so that the name of El Guapo will be hanging on everyone's lips. He will be here, Wapo. But I think you will like your other presents too. I have put many beautiful piñatas in the storeroom, each of them filled with little surprises. Many piñatas? Oh, yes, many. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Jefe. What is a plethora? Why, Wapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. You skipped over the singing bush. Which makes no sense at all. Like, why is this? Why is this singing bush? That they like have to some kind of Moses. They're given directions, and they have to go to the singing bush, which was Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. They all have to say. They all have to say a phrase and shoot their gun in the air. And Steve Martin, his phrase is "huffer, huffer, 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 huffer," which was referenced to his character in The Man with Two Brains, Doctor Huffer. Chevy Chase just ends up shooting the. I love the fact that they've gone, <laughs> they've gone this far, and then all of a sudden Chevy Chase is like, "This is stupid." It's like, well, you've gone this far, and now you think it's stupid. It's <laughs> the singing bush is funny. They have a whole other scene where in the background you just hear the bush. There, well, that, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. good night, lady. Good night, lady. Good night, lady. I hate this. <laughs> it's like some kind of Moses. Like it's a weird reference. It's just weird. I could just see them all sitting around, probably stoned out of their minds, mm. being you're like, you know, it'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so now they're, uh, Wapo's having his birthday, and they're having, uh, they do pretty well in these dusty little towns with piñatas and decorations, yeah. and it's the second celebration in the movie like this, where there's all these piñatas, and... Uh, so what happens when they go to rescue her, they get sep- they all get separated. Steve Martin gets captured, uh, Chevy Chase actually gets into her room... And Martin Short gets hung up on a pinata. <laughs> and they put Steve Martin in this jail where the weights are. He, that part's funny, too. It's counter. It's like a counterweight. It's a counterweight, so. So he's trying to get to where if he can get to. Now, this is, it's, it's a counterweight. There's a release lever. So if you make it to the release lever, you can deactivate the counterweights. And they lock him up and they drop the key. It's like, try to reach it. <laughs> Which he eventually does. Before he gets slammed back in the wall. Before he gets slammed back in the wall a couple of times. And Chevy Chase 
and the woman that they're trying to rescue he's like okay i'm gonna go try to find the other two you get some you get some horses meet us by the front door and she goes that's a good plan and he's like he's beaming he's like oh thank you (laughs) yeah finally did something smart but el guapo is talking to him and my buddy yeah yeah uh rodriguez but yeah we um we uh we raped the cows, and uh, we, uh, you know, we stampled the women. <laughs> it's just Chevy Chase being Chevy Chase. Yes. And at this point, Martin Short drops from the sky. He was supposed to swing into camp, and he swings in, and his spurs get caught in a pinata. So he is literally hanging over the over the feast. They have this big, like, maypole dance thing where the pinata is on the stuff right hand. Yeah, and he's been hanging there, stretched out. For yeah, ever. for a really long time. And he falls down, and then Ned challenges him to a, a duel, a fast, a fast gun duel. Right. Which, of course, Martin Short wins in a comical way. They all escape, and they go back to the village, and they realize El Guapo was going to come and get them. Yeah, he's going to want revenge. He wants, you know. <laughs> so then it's, it's like, remember what we did in, you know, Amigos Over the Border? This gave me Blazing Saddle vibes. When in, in Blazing Saddle, they rebuild the town. They rebuild the town. <laughs> they fake build a town. Right. In this one, they sew, they turn everybody into an amigo. So they put all the amigos. But you don't know that. You don't know that. They're just sewing. They're sewing. just sewing. They're, They're sewing. sewing. Remember, we could do it. Remember that thing we did? Yeah, we could do it. And they're sewing. They're showing everybody sewing. You're not sure what. What are they yeah. sewing? They're sewing. And they keep doing all these close-ups of sewing machines, and there's no thread in the needles. <laughs> I, I don't know if you caught that, yeah. but they keep showing these close-ups of them sewing, and there's no thread in the sewing machines. But, eh. So, anyway, yes, they're sewing like crazy. The grandmas are hand-sewing. Ned's helping them sew. Like, they are all got all these little sewing machines. And and here comes El Guapo with fifty of his banditos to take to try to overtake the town. And it turns out that they've all sewn three amigos costumes. So everybody in the village is using three amigo costumes. And they start shooting. And it the way they film it is it's Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. So they're in all the shots. But but at the end they all after they they shoot everybody, which I, I okay so. If you have all these guns, why did you have to dress up like the Amigos? When they ride into town, just shoot them. It's... It made me laugh because that's also kind of the end of Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. I haven't Mark. seen that movie, yeah. It's sort of the end of that movie, too. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> Everybody's a drag queen at the end of that movie. Yeah. Or what is it, the birdcage, where they have to dress Gene Hackman Yeah, yeah up. you're right. Yeah, okay, that one too. Yeah, where it's like, we're just going to have everybody mingle in. Mix yeah. In. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cute. It's a funny idea. Everybody from the grandmas to the little kids, like literally everybody in this town is dressed as the Three Amigos. As sort of a, what's the, not a MacGuffin, but what's it, like where you want to fake them out. The yeah. idea is that we're going to fake them out. It's like, how can the Three Amigos be everywhere? Because they are. It's the whole town. And they shoot, there's... A lot of people get shot in this movie. It's it's. Uh, John uh, Landis doesn't have a problem with that. No. At least he didn't shoot a horse or shoot another dog or anything. So Steve Martin kisses uh, the, Carmen. Carmen. Chevy Chase kisses the woman that he was talking to, and then all of a sudden, this 
voluptuous Latino woman comes out and she the Playboy centerfold. Yeah, that and she John like, Landis cast. And she lays it on uh, uh, Martin Short. He's the only one that gets a real like kiss. Yeah, because it's really cute in the movie because uh, uh, Steve Martin has this little moment with her. They kiss, and he goes, "Well, maybe I'll come back." She goes, "Why?" Like, <laughs> like you don't, you know, this right. girl you, in any normal movie, she'd be like, "Oh, I hope so," and she's like, "Uh, you, you don't have to. You don't have to come back." So, and I know they were setting this movie up to have like a Three Amigos two, and it mm. never happened. No, because it barely made back its money. I thought what was going to happen, and I honestly forgot. I could not remember the end of this movie. I really thought what was going to happen is Martin Short was going to stay behind with the kids and, like, I'm going to stay here. I found my calling. I'm going to stay here and, you know, start an orphanage and help the kids or teach mm. teach acting or whatever to the kid. You know, they, like, mm. he found his piece. But actually, it's kind of cool. They don't. They all ride off. They literally mm. ride off into the sunset together. Singing a Three Amigos song. Yes. Like I said, this movie barely made back its budget. However, it has become, a, in VHS and then DVD, it has become a cult classic. Did you used to do the Three Amigos, the, the, uh, uh, their salute? Yeah, they have bum, a bum, salute. Bum, 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 turn and cough. <laughs> and that, anything else on the Three Amigos? No, I have to say, it, 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 the end is good. Like, they don't give you this schmaltzy, like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, or, or we're going to stay in this town. Like, it's realistic that they wouldn't stay in this right. goofy little Mexican town. They leave. So, they ride off in the sunset, just like one of their movies. All right. Now we're going to talk to Coming to America. Yes. Coming out in 1988. Budget of $36 million. Box office, they say between two hundred and eighty-eight million and three hundred and fifty million. So this was a mega smash hit. Yes, starring Eddie Murphy. Seven point one on IMDb and seventy-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was surprised that the rating wasn't higher on IMDb. Honestly, I expected it to be. Well, seven is pretty something. good. I, uh, most movies on IMDb are somewhere between the five and the six, so seven is pretty good. So when, last year, you're maybe two years ago on Facebook, there was this thing where every day you post a picture from, it was supposed to be every day for 10 days, you post a picture of a movie that influenced you or is important. Coming to America was one of my movies mm-hmm. I picked. Because that is, to me, it to me it's almost the perfect blend of like, it's a modern day fairy tale, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just, to me, it checks a lot of boxes. Right. And it was Eddie Murphy. Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. I mean, it's got a great cast. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, John Amos. Um, I can't think the the woman who plays the love interest is very... Uh, the whole cast is great. There, there's good little cameos in this. This is Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Like his first movie. Louis what? Anderson's in there. Louis Anderson. I don't really think we can call them cameos because I don't think they're really famous at the time. There's even even like some of the... You know who's in this movie? Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the great Madge Sinclair plays the queen. Yes. So if anybody if you used to watch uh, Trapper John M.D., <laughs> yeah, you remember Madge Sinclair from that. But, uh, yeah, there's um, even a couple of, uh, uh, if anybody watches The Housewives or Morning Talk Show's Garcelle, Beauvo- I can't pronounce her name, Beauvo, she's one of the, one of his attendants, mm. one of the, one of the Prince, Prince Hakeem's attendants. Mm. So. 
And the gist of this movie is Eddie Murphy is going to be forced into a marriage that he wasn't doesn't want to go into. He's so the prince. The prince he's of the Zamunda. prince of Zamunda. And and talking about so there's a really big when they announce his wedding. There's a really big musical number, and I got really big Blues Brothers vibes from that big huge musical number. It's it's this movie is so visually satisfying. This is a spectacle. It this is. movie is a spectacle. I love that Eddie Murphy because of his star power was able to elevate this story and really get like these beautiful costumes. So it wasn't just that he's some African prince. He's the prince of this lush you know, a uh, vibrant little pocket yeah. of Africa where you know, the animals roam free mm -hmm. and, you know, his father, they have jewels mm -hmm. and big crowns and, and, um, it, it's, it's just, it's, you, it's very much of a fairy tale. It's sort of a switched fairy tale. It's a reversed fairy tale, yeah. right? It's usually, it's the princess who has to marry some prince she didn't want to marry and she has to go out and let, and this is a flip on that. This is a, a reverse on that. That he's the prince that's supposed to marry, and he's got this beautiful girl that's been raised to be his perfect wife yeah. that will do anything for him. That is uh, his submissive to him. Yeah, and he's bored with it. He doesn't want that. Now I will. So, so the movie starts with him turning twenty-one, and yes. I like Eddie Murphy, but he can't pull off twenty-one in this movie. <laughs> he's not. He's not twenty-one. <laughs> And, and Arsenio Hall is his faithful, like, uh, manservant, but also his best friend. Yeah. Arsenio Hall looked weird in this movie. Because he didn't have a mustache. Yeah. And this is the first, I believe this is the first movie where Eddie Murphy plays multiple roles. Oh, possibly. Which became a staple for him, like, you know, Nutty Professor, Orbit, like all his future movies, he would play multiple roles. I think this is the first movie where he where he did that. That's probably correct because I was trying to think of prior to coming to America. He had like, Forty Eight Hours, right? Like and he really, Beverly Hills Cop, right, right? The Golden Child, right? So they weren't really that kind of a movie where he would have been doing no like different characters. Eddie Murphy ends up coming to the states. He comes to Queens. <laughs> He wants to find... Where do you go to find a, 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 a queen? Where else? Right. You know. And when we did the Into the Night podcast, you told me that there, John Landis has a thing where he uses Frank Oz, Oz's name. It happens in this movie. Yes. When they land in New York, Frank <laughs> Obensteyer or whatever, whatever his real name yeah. is. At the airport. Yeah. So I got that. So there, it's a very, it's also a fish out of water story. Yeah, you know, it's the, it's the sort of this. You send this prince who's used to having everything done for him, like he's bathed, he's, you know, he's always had people serve him and plop him down in the middle of Queens. The twist on this is usually when you have a fish out of water movie like that, if a, you know, a rich person is plopped into a poor person's, they always bitch and complain. And that's not, and but that's what Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy doesn't do that. That's what Arsenio Hall, Arsenio Hall is the bitching and the moaning he person. All yeah, Eddie Murphy wants to sow his wild oats and he wants to soak up the experience. And He doesn't want to sow his oats. Oh, that's right. His father wants him to sow yes. his wild oats. Yes, that's what his father says. He wants to find a woman that stimulates him, as he says, intellectually and yes. sexually. yes. 
So yeah, they're in the middle of Queens. They got all this luggage and all this, all these lavish, their coats with the lion's heads and all that stuff. And they go into the mighty, mighty sharp barbershop, right? Right. The mighty sharp barbershop. And this is where we first see Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in one of their characters. They play the barber. And Eddie Murphy, he also plays this Jewish man. That might be some of the best makeup I've, I've ever seen in my life. I tell you, my brother and I did this day. My little brother and I, he's, we st- we quote that movie. Yeah. We quote that character. What is this? Velvet? Like, is that I mean, that we, is beautiful. You know. It is, that might be some of the best makeup. You could, you would not know, if somebody told you that, if you didn't know that was Eddie Murphy, you would, the other ones you can tell. Okay. Right. You would not know that's not, that's Eddie Murphy. Agreed. And those scenes of the barbershop are just so funny yeah. and just genuine. And these guys are arguing over Cassius Clay. I don't even know if that's the scene right there where, where mm. they're... Cassius Clay was a great fighter. Right. Hey, God damn it. Like, every time <laughs> we talk about boxing, a white man brings up Rocky Marciano. <laughs> right. Right. It's just funny. It's just very <laughs> yes, much that... He told game. me about my, Frank Sinatra was sitting in this chair. God, you did not know Frank Sinatra. <laughs> it's just funny... And, uh, yeah, they come in and they, like, they, he wants the real experience, right? He wants to know. And they did, a, they did a smart thing. So there's three barbers and two are Arsenio and Eddie Murphy. But they hired another actor. So that other actor can be in the scenes with the, it's So if there had to be a scene where Eddie Murphy was young, they could put that actor with, they could put that actor next to Eddie Murphy right. so he could actually talk to himself, but it wouldn't look like it was just, you know, him talking to himself. Right. And then there's that, the famous, where he goes out looking for women at a bar and all the, they just do that montage of crazy women. Yes. Yes. Including Arsenio Hall is one of the women. One of the women. Yeah. Arsenio does just. A good job as playing other characters as Eddie Murphy. He Agreed. does. He, he does a good job. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, they of course they get the typical rat hole apartment mm-hmm. in Queens, and and Arsenio Hall is complaining the whole time, and Eddie Murphy's like, "Oh, this is good. I'm really yeah. learning to live like this." And they um, they get jobs when they fail to find a woman at the bar. One of the bartenders says, "I'm going to this." Promote oh, black. that's right. That's, what do you mean, people? You meet nice girls at church. You go to yeah, church. You meet yeah. nice girls at church. A community. A, a, I'm going to a community rally. Community yes. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a rally to promote a, a black businesses. Right. And and like a fundraiser. A fundraiser. And that's where we first meet uh, John Amos, who is the owner of McDowell's. McDowell's. So funny. And his daughter. And his daughter gets up and makes a speech, and so Eddie Murphy is totally mesmerized. When, and what I like, I, I like this about it is she was she was a, a, an attractive woman, but she wasn't. It wasn't this blonde, you know, well not blonde, but it wasn't this bombshell, right? Uh, you know, sex symbol actress. It was it was a it was a down to earth woman. Mm-hmm. Making a down to earth speech, and that's what captured his attention. Kind of this kind of cute, preppy yeah. girl, and yeah, the daughter of one of the big business leaders in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's a, this is another scene where Arsenio's Hall is playing like the local reverend. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this is is this where we have sexual chocolate? Any reference yes. to sexual chocolate? There's there, there's girls. There's a bunch of girls lined up for like some kind of beauty pageant they're yeah. having in bikinis and. Mm-hmm. Our senior hall's like, pick one of those. Pick one of those. Pick girls. one, so let's go and home. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, they're donating money. There's money going around. Eddie Murphy puts a big chunk of money in the basket. We also are Meet. introduced to her current boyfriend. Her current boyfriend, who who is the son of the inventor of. You know, you can be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful. Sexy, easiest one, two, three. Just let the soul glow. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul feel it all so silky smooth. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul Yes, the uh, the uh, you know once you curls, you know the, you got to have your Jerry curl. So he yes, it's the it's the the prince of the Jerry curl mm. fortune, and uh, and again another another recognizable actor um, from uh, ER, and you know mm. uh, people would recognize him. But he's sort of the bad guy. He's yeah. sort of the. He's sort of the on the surface he looks like he's a good guy, but he's really um, kind of a a bad guy. He he takes credit. Eddie Murphy puts a big chunk of money in the donation basket, but he takes credit for it. And and yeah, he's just kind of a player. But the dad likes him because he's, he's rich. Because he's rich. Eric LaSalle. Eric LaSalle. That's who it is. Eric LaSalle. Well, Eddie Murphy finds out that she's works at McDowell's, so he and Arsenio Hall get jobs at McDowell's, which is a McDonald's. Uh, I want to say ripoff. That's not right, but it's basically him trying to do McDonald's without paying the McDonald's franchise fee, right? And we get that right off the bat. Somebody from McDonald's has taken the picture of the building. <laughs> They're McDonald's. We're McDowell's. They have the golden arches. We have the golden arcs. <laughs> they have a Big Mac. We have a Big Mick. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they go, it's two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, but we do not have a sesame seed. Right. <laughs> so he's in this thing with McDonald's. And, it's the, uh, and honestly, in real life, that thing would never fly. Right. That would get shut down right away. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And But again, Eddie Murphy's happy to have the work. He's He, he, he seems like he's... You know, they just think he's some college student, you know, African college student that is just happy to be working his way through school. Yeah. Little do they know he's the princess. That's the one thing too. So, the woman that he meets cannot know that he is a prince. Right. He wants wants her to love him for for who who he is. is. Right. 
And she's very nice to him. She's very nice to him all the time. She genuinely, you know, talks to him. And uh, Yeah, she does, which I didn't have a lot of problems with the movie. But one problem I did have is it comes out slowly that her boyfriend is a jerk. A jerk. And I just, I can't. I can't see those two together. She is such a nice person. I cannot see her being with that person because he doesn't even. There's like one point where he throw where he throws a shake at Eddie Murphy and it splatters all over him. She would have jumped to Eddie Murphy's defense at that point, I, unless she didn't see it. But there's just so there's so many scenes where it's just like I can't see her with him. I, I always felt it was something because that's what her father wanted to do. That's what she was expected to do. That's what her sister well, was telling her to do. Yeah. You know. So I figured that she just was doing it because she thought that's what she was supposed to do, you know. But then she meets this genuine soul. She has like a genuine connection with mm-hmm. a, with Akeem when they have these nice little quiet moments, you know. And they get to talk and stuff like that. So, but it's I'm trying to think when does so they're working at McDowell. They're working at McDowell's, and then they go to a don't they get tickets for a game a basketball game yes they get picture they get, they get tickets for a, a a basketball game and she invites Eddie Murphy and he's happy but then he realizes to be a, to be a date for her sister right Patrice and that's where he's almost outed because he's waiting for the men's room right and one of his subjects one of his subjects recognizes, recognizes him yeah and uh, so, oh, oh my goodness oh you know and they're like, who was that? Just a man I met in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, so things are going along. They're, they're... He's slowly gaining her. He's whittling her down, you know. Yes. She's seeing what a jerk that her boyfriend is. She's seeing what a good guy that he is. Yes. And around this point... When does the when when does the McDowell's get held up? It's right around this. Right point. around this point. And it's this, right after the basketball game. Right, and this also is a little clue for them to be like, maybe he's not who we think he is. Because yeah. all of a sudden, he and Semi, Arsenio Hall, and Semi, whip into one of their routines that they've practiced. One of Se- their yeah, combat. Samuel L. Jackson comes in and he goes full Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> head off. What are you looking at, buddy? Come on! Stop stalling! Come on! Don't stall me! All of it! Come on, come on! Excuse me for a moment. It would be wise for you to put the weapon down. Who the fuck is this asshole? Please refrain from using any further obscenities in the presence of these people. What? I've warned you. I'll be forced to thrash you. Fuck you! Freeze, you diseased rhinoceros pizzle. Yes. Who the fuck are you? What the fuck is... And I love the fact... This movie could totally have been... PG. Right. 
And I love the fact that they went art. Yeah. And I love the fact that they let the F-bomb drop. There's no... That's the only reason. There's no nudity. There's no... Oh, actually, there is nudity. There is nudity with the bathing girls. With the bathing girls. Yes, this movie could have easily gone PG, but they didn't. They they went with the vision that they wanted, and I appreciate that in the movie as well. And like I said, uh, Louis Anderson is working there, so it was good to see Louis Anderson. I was always a fan of Louis Anderson. And Oh, so after that... John Amos. And I, I, I always love John Amos. John Amos is, yeah. a, is a great actor. John Amos invites him to the house and Eddie Murphy thinks, oh, I'm here. You know, he's inviting me as a guest. Right, right. I mean, I mean with the father, the, he's having a party and little does he know he's been hired to be a valet and, and, a, and bartender. a bartender. Yeah. He and Semi have been hired to, to work again. Mm-hmm. His reward for them doing good work is he's going to give them more work. Right. And Eddie Murphy plays this character great. All these people are talking down to him. John Amos is like, if you work hard, you could have a house like this in 20 or 30 years. And he never he never breaks character. He never puts anybody down. The, the only person he has crosswords with is Arsenio Hall. <laughs> and he's figured out by now, too, that Eric LaSalle, that the Jerry Curl Prince is not exactly who he should be either. He's, yes. He doesn't like him. You know, so he's now he's really keeping an eye out because he wants to make sure that she, if anything, at least she doesn't end up with right with him. And Even if you don't end up with me, don't end up with him. Right, and her sister, her younger sister Patrice, is just waiting, waiting for her to drop him so <laughs> she can move in on him. Exactly. And at this party, apparently John Amos and uh, you know her dad and her boyfriend decide that they're going to get married. And they didn't discuss it with her at all. Because, right. Because it turns into an engagement party. The ever-popular engagement that has not... That's a good That's a good movie uh, trick. It's used a few times where it's like a good plot device where it's like, I'm going to announce our engagement. Because they do it in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. He, uh, Bradley Cooper announces the engagement and he hasn't talked about it. So mm. that always sets good tension where the girl's like, oh, yeah. you didn't even talk to me about it. And that sets good tension here. Eddie Murphy is noticeably crushed. Because they thinks, gonna, yeah, she's gonna. But yeah. then they have a nice chat outside, and they real she realizes, and, and Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy sees, he sees his way in. He he sees a light. He it, it, the door isn't closed yet, and so after that, is that when he sends the earrings? He sent the earrings before. Oh, that's right. And again, Patrice is like, oh, it's got to be from Daryl. No, no. So Eddie Murphy gets smart, right? And he sends. He sends the earrings to her and says it's from a secret admirer, not Daryl. Not Daryl. Because right. he knows oh, that Daryl... she's opened it. That's yeah. Because right. she's like, ooh, who have you been fooling around with? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The sisters all knows he want to know what's going on. That's right. He says not Daryl, so he won't take credit for it. Yeah. Because Eddie Murphy has figured out what kind of man Daryl is. And I think she knows, too. She just doesn't want to this, admit it. And this is also where, just like in You've Got Mail, she's starting to see him in a different light and maybe even starting to think, like, you know, she can't possibly fathom. It doesn't make any sense that it would be Hakeem that gave her the earrings. Yeah. But she's growing closer to him. Right. Yeah, she has no idea. At that point, Semi's had it. He's had it. He's like, I'm not going to work. And Eddie Murphy goes, look, if you if you don't like this place, clean it up, but you're going to work. Well, what happens is Semi, Arsenio Hall, just decks out the room. 
this crappy apartment in Queens. It, it It's luxurious inside. There's like a, a, a jacuzzi in there. This becomes important because Eddie Murphy and what's her name? What's the character's name? The girl? Yeah. Uh, okay, Patrice is the sister. Um, we're going to edit this, right? Do you have a bad connection on your phone? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm scrolling through. Well, she doesn't come up until they get to... Like after the bar, after oh Lisa, Lisa. But I mean, it's way down in the credits. So Lisa, why didn't you go to IMDb? I am, but she's way down in the credits. Oh, that's yeah. Credits. Well, the credits are it's in, in order of, of appearance. appearance. Okay, there's a lot that happens before that. So yeah, Lisa, Lisa McDowell. So Akeem has invited Lisa back to his apartment to cook for her, and the reason he does this, it's just he, and he tells her, I, I live very very poor. So, He's basically saying, I live in a shithole. And she's like, I don't care. And then he gets back to the apartment, and Arsenio Hall has decked it out. <laughs> He's got neon and a yeah. hot tub and music. And... Yeah. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy gets pissed at Arsenio, and he takes all of his spending money. He convinces Lisa, it's like, well, we can't go in here. There's a big rat. Why don't we go out to eat? <laughs> and while they're going out to eat, they give the money to... Don Amici. And Ralph, uh, Bellamy Ralph Bellamy from Trading, Trading Places. Places. So we get we get a crossover in this movie. Yeah. In the, the in, Eddie Murphy was in Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd, and the they bankrupt these two characters, and they so now they're back in this movie as the same characters. And I think I thought that was, that was really funny. that was yeah. funny. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm Sure, a lot of people. The people who got it got it, and the people who didn't didn't. They didn't. Right. They didn't go out of the way to explain it. Right. E- either you got it, or you didn't. And I got it, and, I, and yeah. I thought it was great. So they end up kissing, and he's in love, and he's running back home, and she's confused. She's confused. He's in love, and Arsenio <laughs> he contacts his dad, and like, uh, we need more money, and so the. the he like he's talking to this typical New Yorker. Like, oh, you, you know, she's like, you really want to send this? You're only asking for three hundred thousand. Do you think I should ask for more? Oh yeah. So, so he sends a telegram. It's sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't know, but he sends a telegram to James Earl Jones that they need more spending money. He gets the telegram, and the, so the whole family comes to <laughs> he's New York. Like, That's it. We're going to New York. We're going they to New York to get everybody. my son. They got the drums, all the music, yeah. really good music. So James Earl Jones and the whole family arrive, and they go to where he's living, and they eventually get to Arsenio Hall. They go. He goes to the barber shop. He right? goes to the yeah. barber shop, and yeah. it's just like. Who's he looking for? A Kuta. Kuta Kente. You know. You could not make that joke. No, you could not make that. That's terrible. Well, they could could make it. Yes. A a black curb person could make it about another black person. Yeah. Well, because they were making fun of him in the beginning because he had this braid. He had this princely braid. And yeah. So yeah, they track him down. The father. They they track down the father. The father tracks down... James Amos, uh, John Amos, and John Amos is just over the moon that his daughter is dating a prince. You kind of could see where the Eddie Murphy character got his uh, like good manners from because Madge Sinclair as the queen is so gracious when she's in the McDowell's home. Yes, she's in this house that is like so beneath her. Yeah, but she's so gracious to him, you know, and so nice, and and so you see, okay, the, she's 
she uh, probably taught her son to be very gracious. Yes. So James Earl Jones ends up telling Lisa that Akeem is just here to sow wild oats. Another problem I have with this movie. Why would he pretend to be a penniless sheep herder if he was just there to have sex? Why is he jumping through hoops to see you? Why is he pretending to be poor to see you? And she totally accepts the fact that this is true. That And you wanted to have sex with him, and he turned down sex with you. But I think she thinks through all that. Nah, well, I don't know. It just... And I'm sure hearing it at the first time, hearing it from James Earl Jones, but none of that made sense. If he wanted... He, he could buy sex... You know, he, he did not have to pretend to be penniless and work at your father's restaurant if he was just here to sow wild oats. Yes, yeah, so initially she does act badly to it. She, she reacts badly and is mad. And and I like the scene. There's a scene between John Amos and James Earl Jones, which I really like, because John Amos has been an ass kisser. Because, like, it's the queen, it's the queen, it's the queen, it's the queen, it's the king, it's the queen. But the minute his daughter... Is not good enough. Is not good enough for him, then he... He snaps into father mode, and I, that was a, a, yeah, a really good character trait right there. He offers him $2 million, and he rips up the check. He goes, there's no, mo- there's no money in the world that you can give to me about this. So it shows his character. It shows yeah. that he may be a little money hungry, but it also shows that he has character. Yes. So Eddie Murphy ends up running after her, and they're on the subway train, and he's like, I'll renounce my princehood, and... She's like, it would never work. So they get off the train. And so we had the uh, Frank Oz thing. Also in every one of John Landis's movies. I don't know if everyone, but he likes to have See You Next Tuesday. Right. And when they get off the train, there's a movie poster, a sci-fi movie poster called See You Next Tuesday. Right. So that's another little hidden thing in this movie. There's a cute little moment, too, where he's trying to convince Lisa to, to you know... Stay with me, da 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 da. You know, I want to marry you, and she turns him down. No, 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 no. And then there's this little sweet lady on the train that's like, "I'll marry you." This little old lady, "I'll marry you." And he gives her gives her the earrings, right? Yeah. Doesn't he give her the earrings? Yeah. Gives her the the ruby earrings or whatever. So it's kind of a cute little moment. Eddie so Murphy the next gives thing he up. Goes, he has to go back home. He has to go back home, and there's a nice scene between the king and the queen. Where basically she puts the king in his place. The queen does. Yep. Yep. It's a good scene. She basically is like, you were wrong. You know? And the king is big enough to realize he was wrong. Because at the end of the movie, Eddie Murphy is getting married. We're, we're back to where we started. We're back Right at back this, to where we started. We're back at this big ceremony. Um, which, by the way, we didn't really talk about this, but this scene is like wonderful the whole like in the very beginning with all the the dancing mm-hmm. and um the, it's a the very well choreographed it's yeah. like i said it's a spectacle you don't and it's the thing it's like you don't get movies like that nowadays you don't get spectacles I, um, people have re people have redone that scene for their own weddings like yeah. with the dancers with the feathers <laughs> and 
Um, I've seen people on like social media who've tried to recreate that mm-hmm. for their own wedding. I've had, I've seen people recreate like the coming to America for their wedding or their yeah. It's it's very uh, people love that whole scene. So here we are back in the beginning, and he's you feel like okay, Akeem's just accepted his lot in life. He's gonna have to marry his prearranged. Uh, the the girl that he mm-hmm. the girl that will bark like a dog and yes. hop on the <laughs> lake for him, um, so he's just kind of like, all right, it's my princely duty. I'm just gonna do this. Yeah. Well, surprise, it's Lisa. It's Lisa. Ha ha. The parents have all conspired. <laughs> yes. And there's John Amos, and we flew her in. And guess who's really under the wedding veil? Right. It's Lisa. So he's there. He's very happy. He gets to marry the woman he loves. It's a fairy tale. It is a fairy tale. She marries him. And they even have a beautiful, like, fairy tale, like Shrek, Cinderella, uh, you know, they're in the mm. carriage out amongst the people, <laughs> um, waving, and and uh, he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, well, I can get used to yeah. this, you know. Yeah. So it's a really happy ending. It's very cute. The family's all happy. Everybody falls in love. It's It's very nice. Yes. And that was Coming to America. I I love Coming to America. I guess just because, like I say, the romantic comedy, the just the visuals. I, I could have sworn that this movie won like an Oscar for costuming. It was nominated. Okay. It was nominated for costuming and for makeup. It won some other like smaller film awards. Mm. Um, Eddie Murphy won some smaller like, right. you know, film awards and stuff. But uh, yeah. I it's really, I thought Eddie Murphy, because at this point, Eddie Murphy is at his pinnacle. I mean, this is the biggest that Eddie Murphy is. But he really, to your point earlier, he really had done like more actiony kind of yes. comedies, you know. So this was like a romantic comedy they hadn't mm-hmm. really done before. No, and Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy is an attractive man. And there were not a ton of black comedies like this. No, this was not a mainstream. You did not that there was no, you know, um, uh, like Medea. There, there wasn't any of these, you know, black romantic comedies that no. were mainstream like this. I love the fact that Eddie Murphy, it's not a black comedy. It's not. It's a comedy that stars a cast that, of African-Americans. That's, that's what I very terribly said. Like, that's what I was, the point I was yes. trying to make a second ago, is that this was a movie for everybody. It was not a quote-unquote black movie. Right. You know. And the fact that Eddie Murphy had the faith in John Landis... To direct a ninety five percent black cast, yeah, um, yeah. Because if had this been flipped, if this would have been a white movie, if this was Enchanted or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd have instead of you know John Singleton directing have, it or something. Well, but you'd have you know this white this ninety percent white cast with like instead of Louis Anderson being the white guy in the yeah. restaurant, it would be a black guy. Right? Would be a, yeah. That's how normal. Unfortunately, yeah. now the last couple of years that has changed dramatically but um yeah it's it's not a black movie whatever that whatever that means listeners i don't know what that means but um i love this movie if this is one of those movies that if it's on i'm watching it i'm stopping and i'm watching it it's it's like overboard it's like it's i'm gonna it's it's like big trouble in little china i'm gonna stop and watch this movie all right, so I'm guessing you're choosing... I'm choosing Coming to America. I'm choosing The Three Amigos, because it's more my kind of comedy. Totally it's it's slapsticky, that. and there's puns, and that's more my kind <laughs> of... I can definitely see that. I think we each have picked the one that is that fits our style. Right. Best, for sure. 
for sure. All right. Well, that's it. But they're both great movies. Well, I, let's see. I think they're both great movies. It's, I, if you've never seen The Three Amigos and you're a fan of any of those guys, it's worth seeing it. Yeah. It's worth seeing it. It is. I, I, I think they're both very, very watchable. Both very rewatchable. All right, that's it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Steph, thank you for doing this. Thank you for asking. And we'll see everybody here next time on the Witches More Gooder podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Which is More Gooder podcast. Cross the streams. This has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.